Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We do this every day. I'm Pat Mulroy, the director of the World of Learning Institute. The World of Learning Institute provides virtual world language instruction and other courses like calculus and chemistry. Physics is all coming on board, too, um, when it's difficult for a school or a district to find a teacher. We are here to talk to you about what we do every day that makes virtual learning authentic, relevant, and engaging. And you can contact me at P-M-U-L-R-O-Y at worldoflearninginstitute.com for more information. And I'm super excited today because we have a virtual learning facilitator with us, Beth Van Oss. Um, Beth brings a wealth of learning and experience to the world of learning. We're excited to talk to her about her first year working with us in the virtual world and how some of her experiences like leading Outward Bound has influenced her time in the classroom um, in our in our scenario, which is an online face-to-face scenario, and in the brick-and-mortar classroom. Um, we also have Lauren McMinn, who's a regular guest on our podcast, adding to the conversation. So um, thank you both for being here with me today, taking time out of your day. And Beth, why don't you just give us a little overview? Tell us a little bit about who you are. Uh Well, I have been an educator since um, the early 90s, and um, my first experiences with being an educator really were with Outward Bound um, as an instructor, and I worked with them for almost a decade, and um, so that experience was really taking people into the wilderness and learning new skills like canoeing or backpacking or rock climbing and so, so on. Um, dog sledding, things like that. But the goal really was to get people in an environment where they had to work with each other and work with themselves and come out of the course of a three-week course or a 10-day course, or sometimes a semester-long course with um, a better skill set of communication skills and of knowledge of themselves so they could present themselves back to the world in a meaningful way. Um, so those that was sort of my introductory level of education as an educator. And um, from that point, I worked at um, a couple of small private colleges and um, taught communication skills, taught um, some adventure skills, like adventure education kind of skills, and eventually taught Spanish. I took a foray into learning Spanish on my own um, by going to Latin America and spending time there. And that's really kind of what spurred me into being a virtual facilitator or a facilitator of Spanish rather. Um, So I worked for approximately um, 15 years as a brick brick and mortar teacher in the public school system in in a few different states and um, with middle school, high school, and also I work with college students, but in the in an in-person context. And so transferred those skills um, of being an outward bound instructor and just what education was for me. And I continue to use those experiences of um, uh, being a wilderness instructor and being kind of an alternative learner into um, into my life as an educator today. So now I'm an um, an in now I have left the um, brick and mortar classroom and I'm w- working as a remote teacher pretty much 100. Um, percent And uh, so that's kind of my background. Oh, Pat, you're still on on mute there. Yeah. 
I want to hear your thoughts. That was awesome. Uh, I just, you know, I, I think, um, I love hearing about your background and how you came to education. And, um, I think so many of those skills, having been a health and visit physical education teacher myself and knowing how important it is that we learn to communicate and work together. I mean, teaching people about sports and, and being outside and communicating with each other is, you know, part of being on the team or even right. you know, knowing yourself better. If you're in an individual sport, you really have to know yourself and know how to push yourself to be your best, you know, in any of those situations. But, uh, yeah. So I love that. I love the idea of wilderness. There's so many things I'm thinking about. So this could be another whole podcast just on like <laughs> touching the outside world. But um, yeah, I want to jump in. Um, Lauren's been with us before. Lauren, kind of give us your thoughts about, you know, you've been working with Beth for a year now. And, yeah. and uh, so give us some of your thoughts about how her awesome background has has really helped us out. Yes, definitely. I mean, Beth is just like an outstanding communicator. <laughs> so as you know, somebody who works with a lot of the districts, um, I mean, basically, I'm in, in, in touch with all the districts and Beth, you're working in quite a few schools this year. So, you know, you have a lot of touch points, a lot of different facilitators to be in touch with. And, um, you know, Beth, you're just really great about reaching out and keeping everybody in the loop and making sure um, that, you know, the standards that you hold for the students, that they're apparent to everybody and that um, that person in the room can really help carry over on the days that you're not there. Um, those high standards that we have for our students. And so I just love seeing that um, you have just such a strong presence. So thanks for everything that you do. So Lauren, tell us a little bit about what you're working on these days. Oh, these days. Um, yeah, I am, I'm a virtual learning specialist. Now I started with um, the world of learning as a French teacher and um, taught just for about two years. And so, you know, before that, I like you, Beth, I had only been a brick and mortar teacher. And so um, transferring my brick and mortar skills to the virtual environment was also really exciting. You know, that was like another, it was just a whole new world and I like learning and I was learning a bunch of new things. But then I was also really doing a lot of unlearning too about like, you know, the, the sort of standard approaches that I had done in the brick and mortar classroom that had fit inside organizations that had very like certain ways of doing things to being much more of a presence in students lives when they zoomed into my room, you know, they're in their own brick and mortar settings. But I feel like the world of learning has such a great reach. And it's just like a place full of opportunity for students to study something that they don't have in their building that we can just be this um, sort of like a really fun place for them to kind of like visit for a little bit. And I just really enjoyed that, you know, like, you know, at, at previous schools, you got to do like the detention stuff and all that, you know, but we have this awesome opportunity to just be with the kids and enjoy them. And um, with just like the language journey too, like Olivia really pushed me um, early on to think about comprehensible input and things like that. And that was not the way that I was taught as a student of language, you know, and so um, Coming here, I just feel like I I learned so much. And these days, I'm working on the the new student information system genius that we're rolling out. Um, I'm continuing the work with all the districts, you know, making sure that they have everything that they need, that the students are enrolled in the right places, that the students are moving along. Um, and yeah, I'm also pursuing um, an instructional technology specialist certificate right now at Point Park. And so I'm learning a lot about the management of systems and technology, instructional technology in general, stuff that's out there. So um, yeah, excited awesome. to, to talk with awesome. everyone today. Yeah. So I'm really excited, Beth, for you to really, you know, tell us a little bit more about some of those like tenants, the things that, you know, 
differentiate using an outbound program Mm -hmm. and like, you know, what are some of their pillars, you know, of creating that communication space where people can do those things. So I'd love to hear some about that. And then we can kind of go from there. So Outward Bound definitely has a long history of the pillars and a model in which that they, you know, kind of um, create their courses. And um, they're not all wilderness courses, but the majority of them are. But um, so they have four main pillars um, of self-reliance, physical fitness, uh, I'm trying to think here, craftsmanship and compassion, I believe, are the four tenants. And the school that I worked for, because they're all, there's like five main schools in the United States, and then they kind of are under this bigger umbrella of Outward Bound USA. Um, Anyway, so the one I worked with was called the Voyager School out of Minnesota, and I worked in various places within that school um, because we had a program in Texas and Montana and so on. But um, so the challenge and discovery piece, I think, really connects to um, to learning just anything, really. Right. So if you want to learn how to build a boat, then you're challenging yourself and you have to discover the process. And if you want to, you know, feel like or if if you want to continue on that path, you need to rely on yourself. But you also have to know what are my boundaries, what are my limits and how do I, you know, offer compassion to myself so that I can be humble and know that I'm beginning, you know, I'm a beginning woodworker or whatever the, 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 the task is, you know. Um, and so the, um, piece that we really worked on was there was a tenant that the school I worked with, the Voyager Outbound School, um, which is based out of Minnesota, um, was to serve, to strive and not to yield. Right. And so you're serving others, you're serving, and but also you're serving yourself when you do that, you're striving towards a greater goal, towards something higher, uh, like, um, and then, um, the not to yield part is really interesting now, I think, because of the boundaries that we all talk about. Like we have this container of learning. Sometimes it's a classroom. Sometimes it's our own mind of like, you know, having that fixed versus, um, growth mindset type of thing. But there's a container of learning that we're hopefully opening up and trying to fill. And then as Lauren was mentioning, trying to unlearn certain things too. Um, I think that's critical. Um, but the idea of really opening that space up to say, how can I open myself up enough to to feel like I'm ready to take on new ideas and new learning? So I think that's a big, huge part of being um, a learner of a language, whether that's virtual or in person or, you know, immersed in a foreign country or whatever it is. Um and uh, trying trying to get to a space where you where you're willing and ready to and be to be receptive. So I think that's a huge part of any learning, and that certainly ties into outward bound, and it certainly ties into learning a language, especially because it can be scary. It could be um, you don't you don't have a sense of like um, feeling like you're an expert, you know, at all. Mm-hmm. You're very it's a very basic skill set, and I always tell my students my current Spanish students, for example, I'm like, you know, we are not reading, you know, um, uh, you know, Clifford, the big red dog. We're not there. (laughs) It's just not where we're at. We're at like, you know, um, 
I mean, nobody knows what Dick and Jane is anymore, but we're oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> I remember <laughs> Dick and Jane. Yeah. And, uh, oh. So with me, you just dated yourself and that's all yeah. good. <laughs> but that's Go where we're at. Now. Go, right? Go <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank Go you. So I think that we just have to remember that it's okay to be a learner and how vulnerable and how sensitive it is to be in that state and then to make mistakes. And then that's how we learn and how we grow. Um, so I think those are key skills or key tenets of learning and being in an outward bound experience because it was, it's very, um, even if you've, if you, even if you know how to dog sled or canoe or, rock climb, you're in a different environment. There's a saying, you know, that you, you don't step into the same river twice, right? Meaning you, each time you step into it, it's, there's a different scene going on, even if it's the same river, same spot, same boots, whatever, um, same person, because the river is changing and so are you. So I think that that's a really important thing to remember as we um, continue to grow is to try to reassess how is my story of me changing each time I step into that learning space. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. I love that. How is the story of me changing? Mm -hmm. How is the story of me changing all the time, right? Yeah. So it's like a morphing, right? Or kind of morphing into whatever. And hopefully that beautiful butterfly is coming out. (laughs) But sometimes, you know, it takes a long time. So recognizing that and honoring that, I think, Um, and, uh, you know, trying to have, I think, as a teacher, uh, like that individualized and personal plan for a student as much as possible within a certain container, too, right? We are not going to go crazy um, and say, well, great, we're going to learn everything about Spanish when we have such a limited time constraint or or whatever it is, Um, or if they're not as open or who knows what, right. Students present with lots of things, they're people. Um, but to try to keep it practical and meaningful and applicable to the real world. So it's not just this thing that doesn't apply to anything else, except for that moment of 40 minutes with a student every Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah. And do you see, you know, I imagine that the facilitator is a really key role, you know, and, and, and outward bound and, what's that structure like? How does the facilitator let, you know, learners solve their own problems or participants solve their own problems? And then how do you kind of transfer that to your classroom? Well, that's a good question. Um, So facilitator is the word that we would use at Outward Bound. Um, We are facilitators or, you know, I mean, it's called a school, right? Mm -hmm. But it's a facilitation role. And so you teach skills for sure. There's So so there's teaching moments of skill-based stuff, whether that's communication or um, um, skills on uh, skill sets, like how do you read a river, you know, so that you can get down the river safely and and so on. Um, And how do you, you know, get all your stuff packed up and how do you work with other people, whatever. But so there are those skill sets, but as a facilitator, there's a point in, let's say it's a three week course, a 22 day course um, where you want the students to take over. So a lot of times you would have like a group leader of the day or two people who are group leading or having different tasks. So you have different chores. And as a facilitator um, of the course, usually there's two people in that sort of scenario. Um, And 
you just help the student as much as possible without always giving the answer. So you give them the tools, but you don't say this is how it has, unless there's like a safety issue. Right. right? But, um, and that's different, but you try to give them the tools in which to um, make decisions, you know, like, should we go to the right, to the left, do, you know, should we stop now? Whatever, whatever the situation is that we should, should we run this river? Should we, should we um, portage it and that sort of thing? Um, so those skills of facilitating though, uh, being a good facilitator is not giving answers per se. It's asking questions and it's saying, did you consider that Joey is, you know, not feeling on top of it today or that, you know, Mario is, um, you know, hasn't eaten since, you know, eight o'clock and now it's three o'clock in the afternoon Mm -hmm. or something like that. So trying to really give those picture, bigger picture pieces so that people can really, um, make educated, um, uh, decisions as much as they, as much as possible. And then as a facilitator, sometimes you do step in and say, you know what, there's, there's other things that we, maybe you weren't aware of or whatever, mm-hmm. but I think the key facilitator role sim- from outward bound to being a language instructor or just an instructor in a virtual setting is really trying to give the tools, but not always giving the answer and saying, here's, there's all this stuff Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's ways that I would love for you to do this, but I want this to be your experience. It's not mine. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I always say, you know, like, I know the answer to this Spanish stuff. Like, I don't know all the answers, but mm-hmm. but I, I know how to make form basic sentences and so on. And, um, and so, but I want them to be your sentences because sometimes people say, well, I'm just going to copy and paste your stuff. And I said, no, that's not, that's not how it works. <laughs> Right. (laughs) I want it to be your words and I want it to be your ideas. I'll give you a template. So I think as a facilitator, we give that we give templates, but we don't give answers per se, because we want that to be a more open-ended process. I think that's like, um, especially in the early learning, I think templates and, you know, examples are really Mm -hmm. important. I think because if someone doesn't know where to start, um, you know, especially with like, I don't have the words, like, right. You know, if I don't have, you know, if I, I'm, I've struggled with languages, which is why I think I have so much admiration for all of you who are able to teach other people languages. And I think you get better, obviously when you teach, but, um, I think about that idea. I'm hearing you talk about that role as facilitator, which we call you all facilitators as well, you know, and we, call the people in the room facilitators because um, we are facilitating that ability for students to take on the roles and not necessarily provide them with the answers, but help them learn how to find the answers, help them learn how to find their own voice. And I think that's, you know, just one of those things that I, I love about what we do is that we've kind of taken that step out of like, let's not just memorize it. Let's let's make it authentic in that it it's relatable for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that if you know, I'm looking at like struggling students, and you know they they want to copy. You know, yeah. give them a template is a great place to say, okay, here's here's an example. What what words can you put into that template? You know, which is a good way to help them learn to communicate. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. I guess I just want to, I want to like, like, is there, are there any like direct lines? Like I'd say, okay, when I'm teaching this concept in Spanish, it reminds me of like 
like oh. this when I'm going down the river, you know, <laughs> I want to like, see, I want to see like a suit, you know, maybe there's no real. Uh, you want a good metaphor, huh? Yeah. Talk about building a boat, right? Like, right. you know, yeah, like, you that's want- the communication piece, like that I think you do really well. Like, and sometimes when we do something really well, it's hard to teach somebody else how to do it. But you learned it because you were teaching it over and over and over again. Like, how do you translate that in? Because what we want kids to do in in language classes and in life is to be better communicators, right? Well, I think we also want them to um, find their own voice, right? Mm. And so I think really when we're facilitating, you have to remember that, you know, the goal is is for them to be able to do what you're doing without you, Right. And so you want to take yourself out of the picture as much as possible. And that's not to say that you don't give the template because you need, they do need a starting guiding structure. And so like as an outward bound instructor, we would give like the first, let's say it's a three week course. The first, I don't know, five to six days is very direct instruction. Like this is how you do a river. You, you have to read the river. This is how we do this. This is what, you know, you know, stay away from X, Y, Z, you know, the um, strainers and, you know, things that can really kind of get you in trouble and so on. But this is how we go about this process. And I'm going to guide you down the river. Essentially, you have to still do it, but I'm going to help you like being really directive. So I think that that we do give a very directive um, uh, approach at the beginning. And then as we, I mean, I think the the key though is as any educator is assessment is constant assessment and saying, what, where is this student? Where is this group, you know, at, at this moment and how can I lower? So in language learning, right. One of the things we say is lower the affective filter. So how can I lower the stress level enough so that they can feel empowered enough to take on that learning on their own. Um, I don't know if I have a, an exact, a, a super amazing metaphor for you. Yeah, no, you don't know. I don't want to put all that pressure on you. That was like way too much. Cause like, you know, like we're talking think, about boats, we're talking about yeah. rivers. It's like, but I do think one of the key things is, is how to be a better listener and have more listening as a facilitator, you need to listen more and speak less. Right. And um, so event, so that eventually they are saying enough but you have some key nuggets to say, did you think about the fact that it's 10 o'clock at night and we can't travel anymore? It's dark or whatever, right? And I mean, that's an easy one, but but some key things to help them consider not only themselves, but their group and how they're learning compared to how the group might be responding to them. Um, you know, like we we a lot of times the, the communication pieces come in um, using I statements, using ways of communication that really are inclusive and um, making sure that we really check in with each other and that we do kind of like, you know, your, I mean, the classic, but very stereotypical is highs and lows, you know, or your sads, mads, and glads. What are you sad about? What are you mad? What are you glad about? Um, And so on. Right. (laughs) And um, is there anything that we need to resolve with the mad part? Um, uh, I like that. So I think yeah, I, was, like that. I was going back there and I don't know, Lauren, if you have something else to jump in here with, yeah. but I was like really going back to, you know, as we're thinking about that communication <clears throat> of like really getting to know yourself as a learner, like, you know, some of what I'm hearing is, is that's really where um, that communication takes you mm-hmm. is, you know, 
like that listen more, speak less. Like as a teacher, like I use the silence to allow you time to take that risk, you know, to, to hear your own voice, like to not wait, not count on my voice to fill all the space. Yeah. And I also picture them like feeling like you're a little voice in their ear later, like when they're looking at the river and they're hearing like the considerations that you gave them. And then eventually that kind of becomes their own voice, you know, like I can tell that this river is not, you know, from, for these reasons, you know, my facilitator, I can hear their voice in my head. I remember the direct instruction that I got and all that experience. But I also think too, like facilitators, you have to let kids fail too, right? Because you can say, did you consider A, B, and C? And they'll be like, yep, 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 we're good. We're good. We're going to go ahead. And it's really hard sometimes, especially I feel like, you know, we don't like kids to fail. We don't want to see that. No, no, no. And so have you experienced kids failing like in that environment? Also maybe kids struggling in the online environment and, and what are some things that you do to help remedy that? Well, I think you have to, absolutely, yes. People have failed. And I think that's the thing you have to remind we have to remind all of ourselves, right? Including facilitators, because we want them to succeed. We have expectations. We want that, right? And to um, allow failure to be turned into a success. Like, okay, fine. We camped in a not very good place tonight and here's why. So how are we going to not do that in the future? Right. <laughs> you know, like yeah. we learned. So turning that failure into a learn, like the whole, so another thing that we for sure use is um, teachable moments. Like how can the, the natural consequences of whatever is about to happen, like people leaving their shoes at night and maybe a, you know, coyote takes the shoe or something. Or, All of you know, your examples are amazing, by the way. <laughs> well, you know, we, yeah, like... we were into, we were very, very into, and, you know, I still have friends who now have children and those children are now outward brown instructors. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> anyway, um, so um, um, so like natural consequences is a big deal. Uh, but you can take it to a certain extent. You don't want someone to like get frostbit or whatever. Right. But, right. but also just like, you know, like if you leave all your stuff out and there's a big windstorm, mm-hmm. you know, like, do you know where your raincoat is? <laughs> you know, like these are like key yep. things that you want to have when you are living out outside for three weeks. Um, right. and, um, it's you in a tent and so on. Um, but I think, I think too, what you all said earlier about like really making sure that you step in when it's critical, but not over speak so that you allow that pause and that uncomfortableness to, um, to be okay. It's okay to not always have the space filled. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's really important too. That's huge. And I think as teachers and adults, that's a hard place for us to let go. Like, yeah, yeah. I've gotten better at that over time. (laughs) Yeah, it's a, it's a lifelong, and I think that's the key, right? It's a lifelong skill. And that's Mm -hmm. what we're, I think Outward Bound is really not so much about teaching someone to be a great paddler or a great dog sled or a great rock, rock climber. It's really teaching them what are some things I really want in my life? And I accomplished a really hard thing by coming out here for a 10 day, three week course, whatever it is, even if you're an adult. And can I transfer that hard? I made some hard decisions even to get there. And how can I take that experience and those um, skill, that skill base and put it now into my a life experience, daily life. Yeah. My nine yeah. to five or whatever it is. I think that's really, you know, it's so funny. That's I so just, cool. um, 
it's been a rough week. And so I ended up needing my stepson to pick me up from the rental car place so that I could go get my car after I had just driven three hours from Altoona the other day. And he was telling me about a weekend experience. He had been a part of a group of guys who did outdoor experiences and their challenge over this weekend, like so they all got back together. They're all, they're all graduated from college and in their real lives was to sleep outside without any extra, you know, they had a fire and, you know, they had to keep the fire going, but to make it through the night. And over the weekend, it was pretty cold here in Pennsylvania. And, you know, he was like, oh, it was so miserable. He said, but I like feel so accomplished. Like yeah. it was awful while I was going through it. And I think there are some experiences that um, that we don't allow kids anymore. I feel like we like just put these bumper pads up around kids so mm-hmm. much that they don't get the experience of struggle. And then overcoming that struggle and then building their self-esteem, you know, because we can tell them they're great all we want, but until they experience it like intrinsically, that doesn't really happen. And I I sense that sometimes kids stop doing things like taking a language or, you know, trying to, you know, like, like run a marathon or whatever, go out for a sports team, like, because they're so afraid of fear and rejection. They don't see that on the other side of that. Like, I think like some of the jobs that I didn't get led me to amazing other things. Like they were huge disappointments in my life, but I didn't go crawl in a hole and cry. I'm like, all right, what am I going to do next? Yeah. You know, Thank God for I, failure. Yeah. Right. Like if not for failure, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Like, right. and I'm thankful for that. So, um, oh God, this conversation could go on and on and on. So like, how about. Well, there um, is one you, saying, I'll say one more thing. There is a saying that Howard Bound has, which is you can do more than you think you can. Hmm. Right. And so that that. definitely it's not a tenant or a pillar, but it definitely guides um, a lot of conversations (laughs) as instructors, as facilitators to say, hey, yeah, you did look at at the end of the course. Right. To say, look at all you did. Like Mm -hmm. you may not have done everything that if you compare yourself to, you know, whoever did. But look at what you did compared to you. You know, so that's really important. I love that. All right. Can you top that nugget, Lauren? Oh my goodness. I don't know. I I saw a quote the other day and um, I don't even know if it's a true quote, but it was that it was a Mike Tyson quote. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Right. And I love that too, because that's been like sticking with me all week. And I kind of feel like it relates in some way because yeah, like you can plan for anything, right. You can plan for anything. Um, And so the more skills that you're gathering to deal with the unknown and the things that come up and the more people that you can, the more facilitators you can have in your life. It's, I mean, I have parent friends that I consider to be facilitators in parenting for me almost. They're farther mm-hmm. along in the process. They have a different kind of kid. They can teach me so much. Um, and so I think I just love the idea of facilitators and helping guide us along. And um, so that when we get punched in the face, you know, <laughs> We can deal with it. Yes, you will. There's alternative (laughs) stories, right? There's alternative (laughs) stories to how you can parent or how we can be in life. This has been such a pleasure. And I have a friend, I'll just close with this. I have a friend who says, all stories are true, but some of them actually happened. (laughs) You know, so um, this is just for me been just a great pleasure. Beth, I feel like this is just the jumping off point. I feel like we could just do a whole series on, um, 
some of these we can do hard things moments and and how we integrate them you know and these life experiences and so i just want to thank you so much for opening the door to the conversation i hope we have more um lauren as always you're a great conversation partner um so i'd love to keep the conversation going and we are all people who believe that all kids can learn and I love it. I love it that you can do more than you think you can. So let's end our our day with that. And at the World of Learning, we believe you can do more than you think you can. So have a great day.